Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Doc Sportscast today. Uh, so, <clears throat> we'd obviously like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving out there uh, for tomorrow, uh, or today if you guys listen to in this, uh, listening to this on Thursday. Uh, so, yeah, Aurora and I are excited to talk about some topics today. We're going to be uh, touching on the college football uh, situation as far as, you know, college football potential playoff brackets like what is going on with the NCAA and how it's going to affect college basketball or college football um so we're going to touch on that we're also going to talk about um a little bit of drama that was going on in the NBA uh recently uh, many of you probably heard about it but if you didn't we will uh update you here on that and then uh yeah we'll cover the Thursday slate of games for the NFL for Thanksgiving and uh yeah that's very exciting we're happy to uh get to have some football games on Thanksgiving. That'll be fantastic for us. We always love Thanksgiving because we do get to watch some football uh, while we're uh, stuffing our faces. And Aurora does call this uh, uh, face-stuffing season or food-stuffing season. Um, She loves it tremendously, and uh, as I know many other people out there do. But, yeah, with that being said, uh, we'll get ready to jump into this. First off, uh, we will mention again that we do have – uh, we are official travel agent, and uh, we specialize in Disney, Universal, <clears throat> Royal Caribbean, Carnival Cruise Line, um, Sandals Resorts, and, and some others. So uh, feel free to reach out and uh, you know let us know if you guys are taking a trip. We'll uh, take care of the uh, you know the stressful stuff, the stressful logistics for you guys. Uh, it's a free service. Uh, we basically get commission from the company that you're booking the trip with. So if it's Royal Caribbean, we get commission from Royal Caribbean. Um, that commission is booked into every trip, whether you use a travel agent or not. Uh, so, uh, you know, using a travel agent, it doesn't cost you any more, uh, than it would before, uh, you know, if you booked it yourself. So, uh, feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear from you guys and help book your next set of memories. That'd be great. So anyway, we'll jump into, uh, college football here. So the thing we want to talk about is college football. Everybody is talking about how, um, Everybody's talking about how there's such a big push for super conferences, right? Um, and, like, the big push for super conferences comes from college football. You know, fo- football is king in college. Um, it is the big thing. If you don't have football, you know, you're, you're, you only have, you know, such a high ceiling to go to when it comes to an athletic program. And um, for that reason, college football is really the one dictating it really dictates what conference people are in. It really dictates this whole conversation of super conferences and that type of thing. Um, so the super conferences that are being discussed, you know, would be like the SEC. Uh, it's discussed of like, you know, the Big Ten, Pac-12 doing something, coming, you know, coming together or whatever, uh, Pac- or Big 12, whatever it is. Um, that's been a discussion. That is something that people are looking into and, and people have thought about. Here's the thing, though, guys. You know, people want their teams to have a shot. Okay, the people. The reason people love March Madness, and the reason people aren't upset with March Madness, is because so many teams get a shot. They get a chance to make national spotlight. They get a chance to make national um, news and, and things like that, highlights and stuff. You know, so that's the thing. When you're talking about the reason that colleges have college athletics, it's because the the biggest marketing campaign that you're ever going to get. You know, you get one team that makes a run in the NCAA tournament in basketball, and now you've got national television coverage that, you know, you're never going to get that, that you're never going to be able to purchase that media on your own. And that's 
free. Well, in a sense, because you're paying for those programs. So this is the thing that schools understand, and this is why it makes sense for them to have college athletics. You know, it's the largest marketing program they're ever going to have for their school, <clears throat> and it really helps to you know, increase enrollment and things like that over time. L legitimately, go back, look at schools that are growing in the country um, for the most part, these schools that grow and things like that, it's because, oh, their athletic programs make a big jump up. And when they do, you know, these these people, you know, continue to thrive off of that because of the marketing that they get, because more people are aware of that school and more people, you know, become, um, you know, aware of the programs they have and things like that because they look them up just because they see them on national TV, right? So the school value is is very much basketball but you know for sponsors and things like that football is king that's the the value for sponsors and you get tons tons of coverage and media and things like that in football if you're a top program but if you're not a top program you don't really get all that much and that's the big challenge that football faces so what are people doing to try and fix that People say, oh, we, we want to pay college athletes, do all this stuff. Okay, so for the same people that are pushing to pay college athletes, the same people that have pushed for this NIL deal and things like that, the same people who have pushed for these things, what you're doing is you're setting up your conferences. You're setting up this super conference thing to, to happen potentially at some point. College programs across the country are getting cut left and right right now, okay? Um, there's a lot of different teams and sport. There's a lot of sports teams that are being cut uh, from college athletics programs, and it's sad. It's a shame, but it's already started happening. Um, you know, and and it's essentially college athletics dying out to an extent. I mean, it's never going to fully die, but it, this is really sad, guys. And it's because of this push that we've made over NIL and paying college athletes. Um, you know, it, it's just it, it's a nonprofit. It can't thrive that way. So. Um, more schools get national exposure via basketball because of so many teams making it to the NCAA tournament. So the wealth is spread a bit more. Football, it's not. It's You're a top program. If you're not in the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-10, or ACC, that's Power 5 conferences, you have no shot of going to a national championship. Even many of those teams in those conferences have no shot of making a national championship. But... You have no shot of making a national championship game. You have no shot to make the playoffs uh, in college football. So even if you're in a Power 5 conference, what does it really mean? It might not mean that much, but it does because, but it does in the sense that your program could get there at some point, right? <clears throat> so when I say, oh, there's programs in that conference that don't have a chance, look in the SEC. Look at the University of Kentucky. University of Kentucky football <clears throat> will never have a chance to make the college football playoffs and win a national championship in college football. They will never have that opportunity right now at the way that Kentucky sits and the way it stands because they lose one game and all of a sudden they're not a factor anymore. All of a sudden they don't matter anymore. Um, and they, they probably won't make it in the playoffs because you've got so many other teams that will have just one loss in the SEC or in the Big 12 or the Big 10 that have a more reputable record in football. So it makes it so challenging because, you know, the committees and putting the top four teams in, they are so prone to history and the histor history of the program, the performance of the program over the last few years. That's a huge thing that they, they have. So when you're looking at this, you know, the thing is people want to get 
people want their program to, you know, be a part of this super conference or whatever. People have wanted this super conference, right? And people have talked about the SEC leaving the NCAA and becoming its own conference and having SEC, you know, football league and, you know, it's semi-pro and whatnot. That's just completely stupid. It's absolutely stupid to do. But if this happens, you know, essentially you're just hurting more and more things. You're taking more and more money from the NCAA and college football helps to fund all these other programs and allows these kids to get an education for athletics in programs like volleyball and soccer and, and things like that. So it's, it's really quite a bit of a challenge, um, to see what's going on, but even then the SEC will get one or two teams every season that leaves one or two teams from the Big 12, Big 10, Pac-10, and ACC to get have a chance to get into the college football playoffs. You know, this gives fans less to rally behind because one loss puts you out of contention for the national title. One loss puts you out of contention to go to a championship game, you know, and even even undefeated teams. There's there's plenty. There there's three two undefeated teams right now that have the chance of going undefeated and maybe not even making it in the college football playoffs. Cincinnati and UTSA, um, and the thing is, there's plenty of teams that can go undefeated all season long and not make it, and that and it's sad. It's really not fair because they've done everything that they can. They've done everything they're supposed to to be able to win a national title. They've done everything they can to go to this this playoffs, and there's just not enough spots. So instead of the NCAA hasn't been able to do things because, I mean, money is always the big thing. But the NCAA hasn't been able to create a bigger college football playoffs. If you want to be able to do that and help them create it, it's not pushing to pay college athletes. It's not pushing to have a super conference. It's not pushing to get rid of the NCAA. Because, trust me, I'll tell you right now, if the NCAA, the NCAA is is already changing things and the way they're changing it, this new structure of the NCA because of, you know, pay to play and NIL, it's only hurting NCA even more. If there becomes any more of a super conference, you could go from a power five to a power two or three. And then at that point, you've got a whole new football division. And then what, what is it, what is it for the FBS schools that are still lingering behind that aren't in, you know, the power two or power three conferences there's nothing there for you. Like now you never have a shot. Like logistically, you never have a shot, a prayer to get into the the college football tournament. So, you know, after that, it isn't some, isn't some of the season like meaningless for some of those fans and teams that really wanted to always, you know, have a chance to get to the college football playoffs. Like now they won't. And that's, it's just very sad. This will hurt college football. I mean, you could have historic programs like, UCLA, uh, USC, legitimately not having a chance to, to ever be in a college football playoff. Like, it's it's just, it's sad. Um, you know, people want a bigger playoff bracket. The new direction that fans have pushed things to go in right now is only making that harder. And that's the big thing that we wanted to say here is that people want the college football playoffs to be bigger, more teams to be in, more teams to have a chance. Give some of these underdogs, smaller conference teams that go undefeated a chance every year. But at the same time, everything else that you guys are pushing out there as fans is only pushing away that opportunity. 
So just be aware of what you're doing. Be aware of the things that you're saying because the college, because NCAA needs more money to pull off doing a bigger playoff bracket for college football. And in order to do that, you can't sit there and expect them to, after giving scholarships to all these kids, pay them on top of that to play for these schools because now you're, you're putting them even more at a deficit. And they're they're never going to be able to increase the the playoff bracket. They they may even get rid of the college football playoffs. I mean, that's that's just the reality of the situation. You guys have to think about it and understand it is a business, and it can't just bleed, bleed, bleed money. At some point, the money runs out. Okay, and they're a nonprofit as it is. All the money goes back into the schools, and that's the thing that. You know, people aren't aware of and they don't think about when it comes to the NCAA, but but that's how it works. It all goes back into the schools at the end of the year. After we have the revenue expenses and all that stuff, every additional profit and stuff like that goes back into the schools, into funds for scholarships and things like that for student athletes. And we're seeing programs dropped across the country already, and that's probably because the NCAA has already started telling people that they're probably going to have to drop scholarships and they're probably not going to be able to pay for so many student athletes and stuff like that. So what do the schools do? They drop the program. Because the NCAA is not able to help fund some of those programs. So it's a huge thing. It's a huge dilemma. And, you know, people aren't really talking about it right now. I get it. There's a lot of things going on in the sports world that people can't talk about that are exciting and joyful and, and all that stuff. But um, it's something people need to stay aware of and continue to think about <clears throat> because this could really, really hurt uh, college football in the long run. And ultimately, college football will figure it out. It'll get back on track. But I think right now it's going in the wrong direction. So that's just where I kind of stand on it there. You know, you look at some of the rankings and stuff like that. You've got undefeated teams that won't have a shot. And it's, to me, that's very sad. That's very sad. Um, So, yeah. With that being said, we'll go ahead and move on. Um, Second thing we're going to talk about here is uh, the news from the NBA. Uh, You guys probably heard so against the Detroit Pistons the other night, the Los Angeles Lakers, who the Los Angeles Lakers looks like a mediocre team at this point, guys. They really do. Um, they are a middle of the pack, you know, scrap, and they need to scrap and fight and claw to get wins to make it in the playoffs, at least is what it looks like so far early on the season. And I think that's just logistically what's going to happen with a Russell Westbrook team, that Russell Westbrook is not the number one guy leading the way, um, because that's that's honestly how he functions best, is have a bunch of role players around him. He hurts good star players around him or those star players around him hurt him you can't have it both ways with him that's just how it functions there's plenty of athletes who have had their careers be that way and Russell Westbrook's one of those guys so um I am very concerned when it comes to this team if you look at it um they they dropped a win uh just last night to the New York Knicks um and I mean, it's just shocking that they're down so much to these teams and can't get things going and can't figure it out. I mean, this is, it's really bad. It's really bad guys. So maybe they turn it around. Yeah. We've got a long season ahead of us. We still got a lot of time for them to get things going, but uh, it doesn't look good early on right now for this team. And they need to figure out how to mesh with Russell Westbrook at this point And in a way that no other team's been able to figure out, no other superstars has been able to figure out. So that's the thing. Um, I will say that the Lakers, to me, looked a little bit better last night without LeBron James on the court because Russell Westbrook was able to be a little bit more of a star and, you know, Anthony Davis was able to be like that co-star with him. Um, I think that's kind of where Russell Westbrook functions best. He has to be the number one guy. And right now that team's not set up for him to be that 
and and so that's going to hurt them and that's what's been hurting them as far as you know their their offensive strategy their offensive game plan it, it's clunky on the offense and and that's just not good for them right so anyway um that's my take on the lakers right now i do have concerns but when you look at um detroit pistons up against the uh los angeles lakers a few nights ago um there was a altercation between lebron james and um uh, Stewart, the center for uh, Detroit, and what happened in this situation was that uh, they were shooting free throws. Um, Detroit was up pretty handedly at that point to win the game uh, late in the fourth quarter. Which one, if it's up late in the fourth quarter like that, you know you're not really going to come back. It's frustrating with your players. One, I would say as a coach, um, you need to you need to get your star guys out of there because they're going to get frustrated. Okay, uh, LeBron James got frustrated. Uh, he was he was pissed off and he was he was clearly upset that other guys were still playing really hard um, because for some guys they still have to play to have a life you know uh, a lifestyle they still have to play to you know maintain their career and keep a roster spot and apparently LeBron forgot about that for a little bit and I get it it get heated you know it gets heated out there you're playing a mediocre team you think in the Detroit Pistons they come out there and Rocky in the face and it's been a horrible season already and yeah LeBron James showed frustration and um, he let it out uh, Stewart was uh, looking to box him out he was he was boxing him out pretty hard. Um, you know, standard basketball box out, you know, what you should be doing. And he was doing everything correctly in the right way. And, uh, what happened was, uh, LeBron turned and looked at him as the ball was still moving, uh, like as the ball was still up in the air. Right. Um, and LeBron turned, looked at him and threw a, um, with a closed fist, um, a swing at uh, Stewart, and it hit Stewart um, in the uh, near the eye, uh, kind of like what you do, would do with a boxer. It it drew blood and it bled pretty pretty heavily um, for for quite a bit there. And um, you know he was knocked to the ground, uh, got on a knee, kind of like composed himself, like what just happened. Um, and then you know he got up. They started having words, altercations, and then Stewart really started trying to go at him and, and make a really big scene out of it and a big fight out of it. So, um, what happened from this? And and I was I was very pleased to see that LeBron James did get a suspension from this. If you look at the incident, LeBron James was clearly frustrated. He looked over to this guy, and and LeBron James has always kind of thought he's better than some people in many ways, and, you know, I think this is a situation where it was just like, seriously, you're going to do this to me after we're losing like this? Like, leave me the hell alone. You know, he was clearly like, you know, a a sore pup, you know, licking his wounds at that point. He he wasn't wanting to be out there on the court. I don't know why the coaches had him on the court uh, at that point in the game, because they were clearly going to lose, but, um, you know, like I said, he turned and looked at Stewart and then through that swing. So when you do that, that shows intent. That shows you thought about what you were doing. That shows you're directing your swing at your at the opponent's head. Um, so I'm very pleased to see what the the NBA did. Uh, they did suspend Stewart for two games. Uh, they suspended LeBron James for one game. And while I, I think it was warranted that Stewart uh, set out more games than LeBron because he continued to escalate it. Yes, LeBron lost lost his crap and you know freaked out and acted like a child um, and and very bad sportsmanship um, in in an instance like pretty much during live play. Um, Stewart like 
when everything wasn't happening on the court, when everything could get focused on, he continued to react and continued to show immaturity and continued to show that aggression and things like that. So at that point, you know, you, you got to let the NBA handle its thing. You got to, you know, you make a scene of it. You you make sure people know, hey, this happened and I'm not I'm not happy with it. I'm going to stand up for myself and tell you you need to back off, um, you know, and then walk away. But he didn't. Um, he continued to, to go at LeBron and, and made it a bigger issue than what it needed to be. So, um, you know, and, and I understand where he's coming from. You know, he just got hit with a haymaker like a boxer in a basketball game. So, you know, it's probably like, what the hell? Like, why? Why in the heck do that? You think you can do that to me? Like, And he probably felt attacked and whatnot. I get it. Okay, I get why he reacted the way he did, but you just can't do that. You need to be more professional than that. Just like LeBron should be more professional than actively throwing a, a haymaker at someone's face um, in a basketball game too. So, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he was boxing out and, you know, elbows go at people's heads all the time. That wasn't an elbow, guys. That, that was a closed-fisted eye-to-eye shot that LeBron took at his head he he was clearly aiming at his head because he turned and looked at him um so so that was definitely upsetting to see from lebron um and there's been plenty of instances where he's done things like this that you know it hasn't landed or hasn't hit that mark or whatever um or you know he's flopped and things like that and people haven't really paid attention to it or noticed it um but this is one that they did. And so, you know, it, it was, I do think that Stewart should have more games he was suspended, rightfully so. But I also think that two games for him isn't enough. And I think one game for LeBron isn't enough. I think they had to lower the amount of games that they would have uh, suspended Stewart because they didn't want to make it look like they're trying to prote- protect their baby LeBron, you know? I mean, that's the NBA. It's what they do. They protect their stars, right? So, um, you know, they, they've protected in baby LeBron for such a long time now. And so what they do, they protected him. Um, and I think they lowered the, um, you know, suspension, the amount of the amount of suspended games uh, for, um, you know, Stewart because they didn't want to suspend LeBron that long. But I think they knew you go back, you look at the tape, you, you have to suspend him for that. It was a, it was a, premeditated, like absolutely looking right at him, taking a shot right to the head, like that you, you have to you have to make that call. So I'm very glad that they made that call. It makes sense. Um, you know, if any player makes that takes that type of shot, I mean, yeah, I think they I think they deserve a suspension. They deserve some some, you know, t- punishment in a way. Um so yeah, I was really happy about that. But if you guys didn't get a chance, go back, uh, take a look, uh, pull it up on YouTube. Um, LeBron James, uh, Detroit Pistons suspension. Uh, you know, LeBron James. Um, you know, elbow swing. Yeah, you know, something like that on YouTube. You'll probably find it. Uh, but yeah, it was interesting to see. And you know, at the end of the day, if, if you're frustrated like that because you're losing and stuff like that, and this team has had a lot of losses they didn't expect, they are playing very poorly. And so, yeah, I understand. You're frustrated. I'd be frustrated too. The expectations for this team is a lot higher than where they're performing. And, yeah, it sucks. It's really garbage to see them do what they do right now with this offense and the star power and the talent they have. But you, you still can't get frustrated and react like that. And if you're going to, you need to tell your coach to pull you out of the game as well. Okay? I mean, it's clear he didn't want to be in that game. He didn't want to compete. If he did, he wouldn't be upset with another guy who is competing. And that's what happened. He got frustrated because a guy is competing and he wasn't wanting to compete anymore. So he got tired of it and threw an elbow. 
um, well, through a through a fist. So, you know, that's the thing. Um, that was a situation, and we are glad the NBA handled it the way they did. I do think it warranted a bigger suspension, like, on both sides, just to still be- keep it balanced. But, uh, yeah, I think I think overall it was really good. Um, good opportunity out there for people and um, to, to, you know, make the right call for the NBA. So, yeah, with that being said, we'll move on to the NFL here real quick. We are going to talk about the Thursday slate of games. We will give um, a preview on our end and talk about kind of what we have going on for those games. Right now, I mean, as far as DFS, it's really hard to get a good lineup uh, for these games. If you're looking at, you know, for example, if you're trying to look at the uh, DraftKings lineup for, you know, uh, Chicago, Detroit, Vegas, Dallas, and Buffalo, New Orleans. If you're looking at um, you know this, that slate of games where it's all three of those, it's really hard to get a good lineup um, that that you really feel good about, right? Um, and 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 that tends to happen with some of these smaller you know smaller pool of games where it's just so hard to figure it out. So you know if you want to do a 50-50 ball, I think it's absolutely fine. Um, going with uh, tournament style play, it's going to be very very difficult. Everything's kind of a dart throw at this point. Um, you know, I think the jury's still out a little bit on Jared Goff, but you know, look for Mike Boyle to probably play in that game. Um, Andy Dalton, I think, is going to play really well. And if you look at it, this is my take for the Chicago Bears. Um, you should feel happy that um, Justin Fields went out the way he did because this could have been a lot worse. I told everybody early on in the season, this is a guy that he's going to get wrecked if he goes out there and starts. And what happens? He gets injured, okay? He's going to continue to get pummeled. He's going to continue to get injured. And you don't want him to turn into Sam Darnold 2.0, okay? So let the guy sit on the pine. Look at some of the best quarterbacks, the rookie quarterbacks. Like, look at Lamar Jackson. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at Josh Allen. They didn't come in and just start right away for those teams. And they didn't start a whole season and all that crap. They sat on the pine. They learned. They developed. And then they moved up gradually and naturally into their position. Stop trying to force it. These NFL teams need to stop trying to force it because you're forcing guys into situations that aren't good for them. And that's exactly what's happening here. Um, you know, so so that's the big thing. Um, I, I like Andy Dalton out there right now i think it's better for this team overall to get a win he did go out and play very very well and give them a chance to win that game last week i know they dropped it but that wasn't really him that was more on their defense more wasn't able to hold off um wasn't able to hold off their opponent in the later stages of the game so i'd feel good if i'm the bears kind of where we're sitting where they're sitting right now um because they have a chance to possibly start playing a little bit better get more air yards out there become a more dynamic offense the way they were anticipated to be to start the season and the way matt Nagy wanted to see it um you know but be careful with justin fields guys this is the thing you don't want to see is this guy going out there and getting hurt and that's exactly what you need to prevent in the first year this guy needs to learn protection he needs to learn how to move in the pocket he needs to learn how to avoid taking big hits he needs to learn how to pick up you know coverage and things like that when people are blitzing and everything and he can learn that from the bench so he's not getting hurt okay so anyway we'll jump off that real quick we'll do another uh talk about this and some of the other rookie quarterbacks things like that probably on friday because it's just so interesting people want to jump the gun on this and all the examples that they want these people to turn into are guys that didn't start their first year. Just it's so weird. So anyway, um, you know, the, these games are really difficult. You know, for defense, I mean, there's there's really not much here that you can think that 
would be amazing. I mean, I really like Chicago up against Tim Boyle. Um, you know, I, I think that's the the one to look for if you're going to, because you know, it's a guy that I mean, he could go out there and play super flat, you know, and and Detroit didn't really play all that well last week um, with Tim Boyle in place. So that's really the what I would think. I think Buffalo, you know, they're so up and down. You can't go with them. Dallas is so up and down. They give up some big plays. I don't think you can go with them against the Raiders. Um, so I'd have to go with Chicago, and they're $3,000. You know, tight end spot. You've got um, you know, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, uh, Taylor, uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, Cole Komet, M- Moru, you know, maybe you look at Johnson uh, from New Orleans, um, and then you've got Dawson Knox. And, and the thing is, you're just going to have to spend up. You're going to have to spend up for tight end a little bit more than what we typically would. We're typically around that three, dollars $4,000 range. But Dalton Schultz is a guy that stands out to us because we don't know C.D. Lamb's 100% status yet. Um, we know Amari Cooper is going to miss this game. So I think that's going to give Dalton Schultz some more targets. Um I do like, when you go to the wide receiver, I like Michael Gallup for 5,900. Then you look at wide receivers. And here's the thing, guys. We're chasing targets. We are chasing targets here. That's what we really like to do. That's our strategy. Chase the targets, okay? Um, Marquis Goodwin um, last week with Andy Dalton got a ton of targets out there. I think that would continue. So um, I really like him to continue getting a lot of targets. He's $3,800, super cheap. Um you know, barely a big spin for you guys out there, and so I really like I really like that opportunity um, for him. And no, sorry, not not Marquise Goodwin, um, Darnell Mooney. Uh, Marquise Goodwin got a lot of targets too, so I would take Marquise Goodwin as a cheap option. But Darnell Mooney, he is questionable. Okay, um, he is questionable, and so that's the thing we don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, but Matt Nagy hasn't expressed any concerns about him playing, and he has 16 targets, guys. 16. That's insane. All right. Um, hopefully, Allen Robinson does not play in that game because if he doesn't, Mooney will will pay off at $5,700. If Robinson plays, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, just depends on who Andy Dalton's going to be throwing the ball to. So. Uh, honestly, I, I really like Mooney at 5,700. So I've got the two Chicago guys in there uh, up against the Detroit team. Now, you know, it, it's difficult because running back-wise, I mean, everything you got to spend up. There's no real cheap options here to go get. I mean, you can take a dart throw at Devin Singletary, Matt Breida, or Zach Moss if you want. But, again, up against the New Orleans team, I, I just don't see a lot of running touchdowns for them unless Josh Allen's the one doing it. Uh, so yeah, and they've had trouble running the ball in. That's been the biggest thing why they haven't been able to score points is, you know, they can pass the ball, they can pass, 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 but then they got to settle for field goals when they get in the red zone area. And so that's been a big challenge for them. I do like David Montgomery to run the ball well up against Chicago or up against Detroit. I also really like, um, Ezekiel Elliott up against, uh, Vegas. He does have no injury designation as of right now. Uh, so that is very good for him moving forward. And, you know, at quarterback, this is the big dilemma, guys. Quarterback, there's, I, I think you have to take Andy Dalton in this situation. I just do. I mean, yeah, the the Detroit defense, like, six best against um, uh, passers this year, but that's also a little skewed because people probably just run the ball a lot against them once they go up. And, uh, yeah, this one's just difficult uh, along the whole way. I just don't, 
I don't see a great person to take. I think Chicago is probably the best bet because Detroit, I think, will give up some good points to Andy Dalton. That's really where you got to go. You can't afford to go with Josh Allen. You can't afford to go with Dak Prescott because, again, there's no late flyers, you know, low-level cheap flyers. There's not like three or four guys you can tape that are super cheap because there's only so many games on the on the slate. So that that is a bit difficult when you're looking at the games here. Um, I think for the flex position, you go with Darren Waller. And, yeah, so so for our team, we've got Chicago's defense, and we're doing this as we're talking to you guys. First time we're doing that. So Chicago, Darren Waller, Dalton Schultz, Darnell Mooney, Marquise Goodwin, Michael Gallup, David Montgomery, Ezekiel Elliott, and Andy Dalton. That's our lineup. That's what we're going with in tournament setting. Now, obviously, again, like I said, if it's not a tournament setting, you know, maybe you go with something a little more conservative. Maybe you don't take uh, Goodwin and, and, and things like that. But it's it's so hard to get a good lineup, like I said. Now, as far as predicting these games, we're going to give our predictions. Um, Chicago, we think will beat Detroit. Detroit's just going to have a hard time winning a lot of games, and I do think that Chicago overall is a better team with Andy Dalton right now uh, than what Justin Fields is would be. So that so that's where I got to go with that. And then uh, Las Vegas against Dallas. Dallas had some rough, rough losses. I, I think they bounce back and play well on this one. I mean, I don't see how they can't do that. So I really think that Dallas will bounce back and play well um, and beat Vegas. And then when it comes to Buffalo up against New Orleans, that's probably the tougher one because Buffalo is so, so up and down. But I got to go with Buffalo in this one. I, I think they've had some tough losses. I think they're going to really get things going and figure it out in this game. So I really like what New Orleans is doing, though. I really like what Trevor Simeon's been bringing to the team. And I just I just have to go with Buffalo, though. I think they're just a better team overall. And both running backs are a little banged up right now for New Orleans, so we don't know how that run game is going to be or who's going to be leading the way. So that's our takes. Uh, we'll go ahead and let you guys get to it. I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. I uh, hope you really enjoyed listening to everything here on the podcast. Please like, share, subscribe, um, get it out there to anybody that uh, would like to uh, listen to the podcast. We really appreciate any support. And again, we are official travel agents specialized in Disney, Universal, uh, Royal Caribbean, Carnival Cruise Line, Sandals Resorts. Um, it is free service. So you guys feel free to reach out. Our email and things will be below for you guys to reach out to us. And we look forward to helping to plan to your next uh, magical memories um, here with us. It's never too early to plan your next set of memories with your uh, family, loved ones, or even just yourself to get a get away. So thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you again on Friday. Happy Thanksgiving.